This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It is silver and black today. Mo Moten, Scott Branson back with you as we bring you home on this Thursday. We hope you're having a good week, getting ready for the weekend and whatever you got going up. Start your weekend tomorrow, by the way. Our mailbag show will drop first thing in the morning, so you can listen to that. Some great questions again this week, as well as uh, some chatter between Mo and I on all sorts of things. By the way, Mo, I, I would be remiss. It's a really, really big moment in your life, and that is you are finally in the win column in fantasy football. <laughs> right? Did you see? Yes. Did you actually see? I actually changed, you changed my your name. team name. Yes. Until until I get back over 500, I am no longer Mostradamus. My team name is now Tim Brown's Pep Talk. Tim Brown's. Shout out to Kelly Kreiner. And if you saw last week or listened to last week's show, you heard the great Hall of Famer Tim Brown from the University of Notre Dame, uh, come on and give Mo a pep talk and call Kelly yes. a woman. It was awesome. If you missed that show, go back and find out. By the way, you won't miss a show if you subscribe to the damn show. So, so wherever you get your podcast, <laughs> subscribe, put on auto, download, and you'll get it pushed right to you. Uh, but Mo, congratulations on your win. I would congratulate myself on my win, but I do it every week, so I just it's just kind of normal. So um, we we continue to roll on, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that more a little bit on the mailbag show as well. Um, Mo, Raiders head into this bye week. They got to get healthy. We see that injury list was pretty big, um, and and there's some guys we talked about Darren Waller last segment ad nauseum. Of course, uh, other folks that need to get healthy too. Uh, that's what that week is for. But this Raiders team has got to go, as does its coaching staff. The players got to do some some soul searching, looking in the mirror, looking at one another, talking to one another. The coaching staff has to go back to the drawing board a little bit and figure out how they're going to put together a game plan against Houston in a week and a half that will give them a chance to win and give them a chance to play a complete football game. In your experience in covering the league, when you see a team like this that's underperforming mostly for the talent they have and they're not stringing four quarters 
together. What, what is that issue and what can coaching staffs do in order to get the team back on track? I would say typically, usually there's a disconnect between the players and the coaching staff. That's one. Mm. Two, sometimes the players aren't clicking within themselves, meaning the coaches aren't on the field. <laughs> it's the players who have to get it together and they have to work together. They have to communicate and do all those things to make sure everything's running properly. And I think Derek Carr said it a couple of weeks ago. And he said practice. He talked about practice again. And if you're not running it right at practice, guess what? <laughs> it's not going to go right on the field on game day. Right. And and I, I'll go back to something Josh McDaniel said this week. I, I think even he said, look, why are we closing out games? I think the question was asked when report asked him, you know, what's the problem with the Raiders not being able to close out football games? Raiders have lost two games with at least a 17-point lead. Cardinals, yes. they're up 20-0. Chiefs, they're up, they were up 17. And basically, Josh McDaniel said, well, we got to get back to the practice field. We got to work on the details. And I think Josh, uh, Josh Jacobs also mentioned details. And he said this last year was about details. And to me, over the past few years for the Raiders, it's been about details. And my question would be, well, what's going on with the details on the practice field? Are you guys just <laughs> not completing plays? Or are you guys not communicating properly? Because to me, the word details comes up so often with this team when People ask why they can't finish. Why aren't they, you know, winning more games? It's always, oh, attention to detail. We got to go back to the practice field. What is going on at these practices that it's not translating to the field? That would be my question. It's a good question. Uh, I don't know. Um, And 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 certainly that's where you, you get you see the argument amongst fans on social media about where the blame lies. And often, oh, McDaniels is an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, these players suck, and Carr sucks, and he sucks, and that guy sucks, and his his dad sucked, and his grandfather sucked. You know, it's all that stuff. But in reality, there's 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 a mix of that, right? There's some coaching issues, there's some player issues. The players need to dig down to your point, find it, click with one another. If if there's a room there, if it's a wide receiver room, if it's the if it's the offensive line, and they got to spend time together and gel better so they play better. Whatever it is, you got to find it, though. But <clears throat> there's one question that's nagging at me, and I shouldn't say nagging, but but has crossed my mind, and I want to get your thoughts on this, which is, you know, you come into a situation, like I've taken a job where I inherited a staff, or I created a staff and hired people. Um, you hire people, they totally work out, and you you're, you look brilliant. You hire other people, they're not the right people, and so then you got to figure out, okay, I'm going to give them a chance. Um, I'm going to, you know, tell them they need to improve A, B, and C. And if they don't improve A, B, and C, then you move on, right? So you manage them out, as it's uh, talked about in the business world. With this team, from a player perspective and from a coaching perspective, could some of that be coming into play? You know, you inherit a roster. They added some of their own players, but they also have players that they didn't draft, that they didn't sign that they had to keep. They couldn't go replace everybody, and they didn't want to. Uh, but could there just be some of these guys, Mo, that are counted on that might not be the right fit for the culture and for the system they're building? I think it's a great point. I, I know some fans are going to hear that as an excuse, but you said no. it in the first segment. You said it in the first segment that this is not necessarily a build-on from what the Raiders had last year. This is a new staff, new systems. So, of course, as you said, can't replace everyone, so you keep some of the players that you know are not going to be around beyond this year, but you work with them for just this year until you can replace them in the draft, 
in free agency. So I think, yes, there are some players on the roster that the Raiders aren't high on, but they say, look, we'll work with them for this year, but this is not going to work long term. Right. And what happens is you're not going to get the best results from players that don't fit in your system. I know what fans are going to say. If you're a good coach, you have to fit a player's strengths to your system, not the other way around. But what I will say is that in an ideal world, yes, that's true. But you just can't do that for everyone. Certain mm -hmm. players just can't do things that you need done in your system. And you just can't replace them yet until the offseason. And that's the reality of it. But what I will say is one person that we haven't mentioned during any of these segments that needs to step it up as a coach from a coaching standpoint. Patrick Graham, the Raiders offense, the Raiders defense in the red zone is atrocious. They've allowed yes. 14 touchdowns on 17 attempts. <laughs> it seems like anytime a team gets within 20 yards of the goal line, they're making it in there. Yeah. He has to do, he has to switch something up. I don't know what it is, but he has to switch something up because the Raiders have to learn to tighten up closer to the red zone. Because if they don't do that and a team just gets in close and they're just letting guys in, hey, free club, everyone in. No payment. Oh, bring your own buzz. Bring it over. Whatever. Let, let them all in. Can't have that against good offensive teams because high-powered teams are going to run up the score on you. They're going to score 30-plus points. Right. And and in the division with Patrick Mahomes, I mean, you just might as well make yourself 0-2 if that's how you're going to play. Now, I think the defense has gotten better in spots, but from a scheme perspective and to your point about what happens in the red zone, what happens on third down, uh, not good. So, so you're absolutely right. The Patrick Graham needs to do some soul searching and talk to his staff about what they need to do. But the the point, and, and you made a good point about, Hey, you can't make a guy play a certain way if he doesn't play that way. And I think too, it gets down to also personality. There's some guys that just aren't going to fit with what the coach wants to do. Uh, and to me, there, there could be guys like that. Doesn't mean that they're not okay players. Sure. They might be a player you'd upgrade if you have an opportunity, but there's some guys that just aren't going to buy into what you're selling. I mean, it just happens that way. I don't care what kind of leader you are. Um, so you have to surround yourself and get those people in there. And I think the Raiders probably have some. I think that's what I'm hearing and I'm, I'm deducing, okay, I'm making my own assumptions. Let me say that straight up, that when Derek Carr says things like, well, there's some guys, I think there's just some guys who are like, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to buy into that. Now, maybe it's because they're Gruden guys. Maybe it's just because that's how they are. I don't know, but but I think that that's why if I'm a Raiders fan, I understand being upset, but I would preach some patience because, and, and, and we'll talk about that now, because they have a stretch now of three games where I, I believe, and I'm going to say it today on the show, so if I'm wrong, I said they were going to go four and one to start the season and I was dead wrong. But I believe, Mo, they're going to go 3-0 and over the next three games. I really do. You saw multiple clips this week from national um, players, coaches, and prognosticators on NFL Network, ESPN, all the networks, saying how the Raiders are way better than their record. Now, um, that still doesn't address the issues they have to address. But I do think that if I'm a Raiders fan – all things aside with playoffs, because I don't even want to talk about it right now, but but you have the opportunity to three weeks from today, as we're talking on this show, to be at four and four. And I expect them to be there. So so don't you feel like this team has the opportunity to turn it around because of that favorable schedule as well? And I talked about it during the post game. People probably don't want to hear it because they're going to say it's too positive, but you can only look forward. You can't look backward now unless you're correcting mistakes. And I'm not it. in the Raiders. 
You can't change it. They're one and four. So let's look right. ahead. What what is on the slate coming up? How can they turn this around? And I read out the the, the opponents that they had. Their next to me, their next six games are all winnable. Now, of course, you don't win games on paper, but as you said, <laughs> um, they're probably gonna be favored in most, if not all, of those games for the next six games until they play the Chargers again. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So there's if you're gonna be if you're gonna be a playoff team. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. One trait of a playoff team is they beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. I know any given Sunday, anything can happen, injuries, whatever. Right. But if you're going to be a playoff team in this league, you should beat teams you're favored against. If you can't do that, if you're losing to bottom-tier teams, you're not sniffing the playoffs. No. And I, I think the Raiders are going to win. At, I won't say three straight. I would say if they can win three of the next four, be four and five, then you get Denver, who's still, as I said, a mess. Seattle. You know, you get you get Seattle, you get the you get, you know, the Chargers at home. Yeah. You could turn it around. But but it has to start apparently as far as what Josh McDaniels has said, it has to start on the practice field and they have to dial in because if they lose, if they come out and they lose against the Texans, and I'll say this on the show now today, if they lose against the Texans, I'm out. They're not <laughs> they're not making five hundred. They get if they come out of, and, and I understand they're top, the Texans they're top gotta, three draft pick if they lose to Houston. It, it, and I and I understand the Texans have a buy as well. Both the Raiders and the Texans have an extra week to prepare for each other, so they're on equal footing. Yeah. If they come out of the buy and they're flat, or yep. they fall behind, or they play a half or a one good quarter, I'm out. Like that, <laughs> I don't want to say it's rebuild time, but something is amiss. pretty damn close. If you, if you had two weeks to prepare for the Houston Texans. And you don't win that game, Houston. We have a problem. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I mean, you look at this too, and you say to yourself, "Yeah, you have Houston. You go to New Orleans, so it is a road game. I get that. I think that's a tough one. But the New Orleans is not a good team. Not a good football team. And they're not coached well either, by the way. And so." You you look at those games, and if I'm the Raiders and I can string together those three wins in Jacksonville's the week after in Las Vegas, or no, yeah, no, that's in that's in Jacksonville. Sorry, um, mm-hmm. if you can go beat Houston at home, then go on the road and win two in a row. You know, you you feel really good about yourself. And, and but but I agree. I I think listen, I think two out of three would be great. Three out of three even better. But if you're one and three, it's I agree with you, it's done. And 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 this team is is too good for that. And I think I think if you're if you're Dave Ziegler too, the next the next six weeks will determine what next year looks like. I really believe this, Mo. Because mm-hmm. people were asking about Derek Carr. And when I say that I believe Derek Carr will not be the quarterback of the Raiders next year if they don't make the playoffs, that's not because I don't think Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I, I'm looking at it from a pure business decision because if the Raiders don't make the playoffs this year, 
you can't justify paying the quarterback and you have to find money to go out and improve your offensive line and improve your defensive line and improve at linebacker. You have a lot of holes to fill if this team can't achieve what everyone thought it could. And so that to me is it's not a full rebuild necessarily, but it's a retooling and it's a pretty deep one, uh, especially when you start talking about quarterbacks. But this this next six weeks, I think, determines the future of a couple key players on this squad. Do you agree with that or you disagree? Yeah, I totally agree because it's the, it's the it's the meat of the season. They usually say the old saying goes around the NFL. What you are around Thanksgiving is what you're going to be. Because Thanksgiving yeah. is when teams start to turn it up. You start to get closer to the playoffs. You know, most teams have already gone through their bye week. So there's no break there. You're right. dialed in for the remainder. And and whatever you are at that point, that's what you're going to end up. Now, the Raiders, remember, they had that, that Thanksgiving win against the Cowboys that I feel like kind of sparked them last year, even yes. though they were depleted roster. So you remember that. Yes. November Huge is a pivot. November is a pivotal month, but before we even get to Thanksgiving, I, I think we should also look at the trade deadline. Are the Raiders going to make a move for a cornerback if a couple of other guys get banged up? Anthony Avery is still on IR. Are they going to make a move for another linebacker? Are they going to make a move for an offensive lineman at that point? Because I think if you feel like you are pushing for a playoff spot, you continue to be aggressive and you make a move. If you feel like, not that you don't have a chance, but that it's going south pretty quickly, and the Raiders start selling players, that will also tell you where the front office thinks the team is, is headed. Yeah, and and what's the date of the trade deadline again, Mono? You remember? No, November 1st. November 1st. Okay, so so we, we got a few weeks to go. Uh, and so that's that's it. I mean, to your point, you lose to Houston and lose to New Orleans or, or even just losing to Houston would be terrible. But if you lose yes. like two out of those three games – yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough business, man. You you can't. They they went all in on the guys they had, and and so they got to come through. I mean, that's just the bottom line. You got to perform. You got to do it now. Uh, you got to make a push for that playoff again, uh, and have this team go. I don't know that it will. We'll have to see. The next few weeks will definitely determine that. Here's the one variable I'll put out there, though. Okay. That's gonna that could make things difficult. Okay. Let's say. And I, I don't want to speak this into existence, but what if Darren Waller is not back after the bye? What if Devontae Adams, what if the league suspends Devontae Adams for shoving that that camera person? And you don't have Darren Waller or Devontae Adams, so you're depending solely on Hunter Renfro in the passing game, hopefully maybe Foster Moreau's back, and Josh Jacobs on the ground. To me, you should still be able to beat the Texans. <laughs> but, if you're yeah. sure, but if you're short-handed... And it's just going to make things more difficult. And this sure. goes back to my point about some some things are on the players. Now, yeah. Devonta Adams has been a model citizen for most of his life. I, I I've Absolutely. heard, right? I don't know Devonta Adams, but from what I've heard, great guy. This is out of character for him. But this is the kind of mistake that can hurt you in the season. Because what Correct. if? Okay, let's say he doesn't get suspended for the Texas game, but he's suspended later on for another crucial game, a game that you will really need him for. That's a problem. And I like Devontae Adams, but he made a poor decision. Oh, yeah. He made a poor decision. And listen, I'm with the side that says, oh, come on, suspend it. I don't think he yeah. should be suspended. I think he's going to get a hefty so. fine. Mm -hmm. But but I also, since we got on the Devontae Adams, I have to talk about it now. Um, I also completely disagree and get disgusted by those of you out there who think it was no big deal. Yes, there's been great points made. The photographer should not have been there. Okay. He was violating the protocol of the tunnel and the players coming off the field. 
So Devonte Adams gets up to him and he's in the way. You can simply stop and say, dude, get out of my way. You're not supposed to be here. You don't have to push him. I don't care if it was a light push. I don't care if it was a love tap. Okay. You don't do it. It was a poor decision. And to your point, it's the kind of poor decision that reminds me of the team under Gruden when we saw the COVID protocol breaking and all that kind of stuff. So, so you're right. It could hurt you, but you're, that's where you're in this precarious position now where if you have a suspension, and again, I don't think it'll happen, but you never know. Um, then suddenly you're that. And what if Foster Moreau's not back from his concussion and, and Darren Waller's not back. And Oh, by the way, it goes without saying, we talked about it a few weeks ago before he, when he got hurt about the fumbles and Hunter Renfro, Hunter Renfro hasn't been the same player this year either. Why? I don't know. Okay. It's just, maybe it's part of the, the system and getting used to every, I don't know why. Okay. But he's not the same player. He doesn't look like the same player. He's not making the same plays he did when he's in there. So, so that offense that was supposed to really jet this team has had brilliant moments, but it's not there yet. And it goes down to executing as players, staying healthy on that side of the ball too. And so there's a lot of worries here. I'm not trying to get everybody freaked out. I'm, I'm still telling people they should stay positive, but, but there are a lot of question marks and the point is, in the next three to four weeks, you're going to see a lot about the character of this team, a lot about its ability to fight back uh, again, even at, like they did last year. One closing point I want to make, too, about the AFC West division has been, to me, overall, has been a disappointment. But, yeah. you know, the one team that's at the top of the division, the Chiefs, you know what they have in place, no matter what players they have on the field, a great coaching staff. No one's questioning whether Andy Reid is a good coach or not. If you look at the Denver Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett doesn't even know when to kick a field goal or give the football to his quarterback. Right. Brandon Staley is still going for it on his side of the field on fourth down when he shouldn't. <laughs> boneheaded play, boneheaded play call. I don't understand now, it. Now, Josh McDaniels, to me, wasn't the fault why the Raiders lost on Monday, but we all know it took some time for Josh McDaniels to fit in the run game and balance the offense. He's going to tell you, yeah, we were behind, we were behind, we were behind. But to me, Josh Eggers should have been getting fed early in games because the Chargers, as I've said this, the Chargers still have one of the worst run defenses in the league. He should have <laughs> came out of the gate. He should have came out of yep. the gate running the football. So what I, my point is that with these other teams, and just like the Raiders now, we're questioning the coaching staff. Some people are, right? Yeah. Yep. One thing you're not questioning about the Chiefs, their coaching staff. They right. have their players in place. Their guys look the same from year to year. Some guys that you thought were, were going to underperform, <laughs> overperform. And with the Raiders, we're asking, why doesn't Hunter Renfro look the same? Why doesn't Darren Wall look the same outside of his injuries, of course? Why doesn't this player look the same? Why doesn't that player look the same? When you look at the good football teams, notice the stars perform. They look the same from for the most part from year to year. But you're yeah. not getting that from the Raiders. And you, you just brought up that point that sent me off on a tangent, but it's something to question. It's a good point. Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, why aren't they the same players with a guy that's going to demand double coverage in Devontae Adams yeah. downfield? Those players should be better not taking a step back. And both of them got new deals, right? So they got paid. So from an off-the-field mm -hmm. perspective and feeling appreciated, mm -hmm. they should feel good. And we all feel good when we get a raise after doing a good job, right? So we want to continue to perform well. So I'm not I'm not saying they don't want to continue to perform well. I'm sure they do, but it's a question to ask. And I'm glad you brought that up and went down that that uh, that rat hole there because it's important to ask. And and you're right about coaching. As much as 
Raiders fans love to give crap to other coaches, and it's all part of the game. It's all part of fanhood, which is awesome. Um, Andy Reid just gets it done, man. I, And you know what? He's laughing because he's looking at the rest of his division and saying, I thought this was going to be a little more difficult, and it hasn't been so far for them. So we'll see where it goes. But the Raiders have some time to get healthy. The Raiders have some time to maybe make some personnel decision uh, changes, which I think they will do, Mo, over the next week. I think we're going to see some guys come in and go out. Um, and 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 see if they can improve in certain areas, and we'll also learn about these injuries, like Waller's injury, like Moreau's injury, and others. Uh, you talked about Anthony Averett too; he's been out. Uh, they sorely need him as well, so we'll see all that's out. But first, tomorrow we're going to do a mailbag show, which you and I always love doing. Uh, and then next week during the bye week, we'll we'll shrink down by one show, but we'll still have uh, the three shows. We just won't have a post game show, so we'll have our Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with the mailbag sandwiched in between the two shows. And then, of course, if anything breaks, if something happens, Mo and I will climb on and do a show as well uh, to talk about it. But, Mo, we have wrapped up our Thursday edition a little bit longer. Uh, we seem to be going a little bit longer this last week because lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. A lot of therapy session to get out. I'm sure fans are going to get in the comments <laughs> and scream at us either way. Uh, just understand that we we do enjoy the back and forth, the interactions, whether positive or negative. Um, we always enjoy discussion. So yes. be active in the chat. We enjoy that. Um, you know, there are 10%, there's always a 10% crowd that's, you know, undesirable, but for the most part, Raider Nation <laughs> comes to support and, and it's fun. It's always fun. Just don't take it as a negative. Just like you, you come at us for our opinions. You know, we, we come back and we have an answer for it. And then that's, <laughs> that's the beauty of sports discussion of sports talk that we can disagree and then go about our business and say, hey, at least, look, we're, we're focusing on the Raiders. This is about the Raiders. It's not about a personal attack. It's about what we see on the field, and you just have different opinions. That's all. Absolutely. And I got no problem with Raider fans being mad. Like, they should yeah. be mad. I get it, yeah, and I'm okay with it. But if you're mad about something stupid, I'll tell you. Just like if I say something stupid, <laughs> feel free to tell me. I, I got no problem with it. My wife does it all the time. She tells me all the time. What are you talking? No, just kidding. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, uh, we appreciate you guys being with us as always. All right, we're going to say goodbye for now, uh, but we will be back, of course, as I mentioned, tomorrow with our mailbag show. So make sure you do that with us. Oops, if I can get this all straight away. Uh, and uh, until then, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends to subscribe to the podcast. Get, you know, if your parents have a phone, just go on their phone and subscribe to the show. Even if they don't listen to it, put us on auto download. It'll help us a lot. So we can do it. And then they're going to call you and say, why am I getting this great show with these two handsome men that are talking about football? And they're so intelligent and they're always right. That's what you're going to get the call from. So so make sure you do that for us. If you're on YouTube, thank you for joining us and, and, and interacting with us in the live chat. We enjoy that as well. Uh, but uh, do that for us. Hit the notifications bell on YouTube so you know when we're live. For Mo Moten, I am Scott Branson. This has been the Thursday edition of Silver and Black Today. We'll talk to you tomorrow for our mailbag. Take care, everybody.